Hi, I'm Sam Chan, and you're listening to the Sam Chan Leadership Podcast. It's my desire to help others succeed. I'm here to help you and your organization grow, grow to the next level. Thank you for joining me on this leadership journey. Let's get started. Hi, this is Sam Chan, and I want to talk to you about ladder holders, selecting, developing, and inspiring your team. Ladder holders, selecting inspiring and developing your team. Well, a number of years ago, I was in New York City, uh, actually Long Island, and I was invited to uh, a place to speak, and they, uh, while I was waiting to be uh, brought to the front, they put me up in an office, I would say, oh, maybe the sixth, seventh story, somewhere in there, of the, of the building, and as I was just waiting, it was just me. I was just standing around looking outside of the window. And outside the window across the street, I saw a man on a ladder. I saw a man who uh, was painting a building, an external wall. And, and he, his, his ladder was leaning against that wall. And, and he was uh, painting that building. So in my previous lifetime, I used to be a painter when I was a student in college. That's how I made my living in the summers, uh, going and, and painting houses and whatever my boss wanted me to paint. Well, I kept watching him. But I was just interested in see what he was doing. And I noticed something that intrigued me. After a while, it perplexed me. And after a while, it made me think like, huh, what's going on there? So I realized that the, the ladder went all the way to the top of the, of the building. He had all the, all the instruments with him. He had all the materials with him. He had his caulking gun. He had his do-rag. He had his brush. He had his roller. He had the paint, of course. I mean, he, he had everything. But what he would do is he would go halfway up the ladder, come back down, move the ladder over, Climb up halfway, come back down, move the ladder over. And that, that just really intrigued me because I remember when I was a, a painter, uh, once you're on the ladder, the last thing you want to do is go up and down, up and down. That's a lot of work just going up and down, collecting all the stuff that you have and, and, and making sure that you have it with you. Just a lot of work. So as I was intrigued just watching him go halfway, paint as far as he could, and then come back down, move the ladder over, I started asking myself, why isn't he going all the way up? Why is he going only halfway, stopping and coming back down? And then I saw the dilemma. The problem was nobody was holding his ladder. He was painting by himself. And that is where the thought occurred to me that I want to unpack with you. Because you see, you will go only as high as the people on the ground holding your ladder. If somebody had come by and held his ladder, he could have gone higher. But he could not go higher because he was painting by himself. I want to discuss with you if you have ladder holders, what kind of ladder holders do you have? What kind of ladder holders do you need in your life? What's the difference between those who have perspective and those who don't? How do you turn 
ladder holders into ladder climbers and that's what our time will be about about ladder holders how to select develop and inspire your team so people do what they do in three ways in church three ways in business three ways here's the first one let me give you all three of them and then come back and unpack them for you number one is do it all yourself do it all yourself number two hire it out pay people to do it number three is to develop others number one is do it all yourself number two is pay somebody hire it out number three is develop others or develop other leaders so let's talk about each one of them. When you do it all yourself, that's too much work. When you hire it out, that's too much money. When, do it your, when you develop others, that's too much time. Too much work, too much money, too much time. So let's talk about each one of those. What do we do when we uh, try to do it all ourselves? When you try to do everything yourself, you are going to do it well. You're going to do it exceptionally uh, with your own uh, interest in mind. You're going to like it yourself because you did it yourself. Uh, you will not have the hassles of having to delegate to somebody. You will not have the hassles of chasing people down. You will not have to uh, try to make sure that uh, you get everything in on time because it's a, you're just doing it all yourself. But how many of you know that's too much work? I've done that before. I remember, I remember when I was a pastor of a church, a small country church up in Michigan. Uh, uh, let me tell you what country means. Country means at that time, the closest blinking light to us was three and a half miles. The closest McDonald's was 18 miles. We're talking about country. So, I was of course the pastor. I cleaned the church. I raked the, I, I cut the, the grass and we had acres of it. Because it's Michigan, we would get a lot of snow. I would shovel the snow. I would uh, lead worship. I would uh, receive the offering. I would make the announcements. I would do the preaching. I would do the follow-up. I did it all. And that is where I learned the lesson. It's just too much work. Just too much work. The second way to do it is to hire it out. That means you have a need, you find somebody who's looking for that kind of job and you uh, pay them or you recruit them even if they're not looking for that kind of job. But how many of you know you will never have enough money to hire every bit of what you do? Be it church, corporate, sacred, secular, really doesn't matter. Everyone has limited resources. The largest corporations have limited resources. That is why you're always hearing about large corporations reorganizing themselves, realigning themselves, doing things differently or shifting their assets as they call it. And when assets get, when assets get shifted, some people lose their job. So it's, it's just nobody has a bottomless bank account to pay people. 
It's just too much money. The third one is develop others. Develop other ladder holders. Develop other leaders. But that is too much time. Too much work, too much money, too much time. Have you noticed that as soon as people come into your organization and you empower them, you pour yourself into them, you try to raise them up, you, you send them to conferences, you buy books for them, you enroll them in programs for leadership development, and as soon as they get something under them, they feel like they want to branch out on their own. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you did that. Uh, you left somewhere. You, 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 you came from some other place. So it's, that's not the bad thing. The bad thing is if that happens repeatedly, when it happens again and again, we start getting discouraged and we start saying to ourselves, hey, uh, do I need to keep doing this? Because I'm just, just bleeding people, you know, uh, people are coming in, people are going out. It just takes too much time. Just as soon as the guy must have invested in somebody, they decide they got to go somewhere else and do their own thing. So the question becomes, you want to work harder, too much work, you know, spend more, or are you going to invest your time? So I'm going to about to ask you a question of those three, which is the most productive, which is the most sustainable, which is the most scalable. Do it all yourself. Too much work. Hire it out. Too much money. Develop others. Too much time. However, given the three paradigms that you do have, which one is the best? I hear you. Number three, develop other ladder holders. So let me set the scene for you back in the office on the fifth, sixth floor, looking down on the, on the ground level, man is going halfway, coming back down, and a thought occurred to me I want to share with you today. And then I'm going to build on that my rest of the time with you. Here's the thought. If the ladder is your vision, if the ladder is your vision, and you as the leader are the ladder climber. You could be the lead pastor. You could be the CEO. You could be the director of children's ministries. You could be the youth pastor. You could be the CFO. But you have a department that you are leading. You may, you may be the lead leader. You may be the, uh, the secondary leader. Doesn't really matter. But you are leading something. So if the ladder is your vision and you are the ladder climber, you are the visionary, you are the leader. The ascent of the ladder, the success of what you're trying to do is not dependent on your vision, which is a ladder, is not dependent on your leadership skills as a ladder climber. It all depends on who's holding your ladder. Please know this. You could be the most anointed, the most gifted. You could be the most charismatic leader. You could be the greatest thing since whatever fill in the blank. But if you don't have people on the ground holding your ladder, you're not going to go very high. Because your ascent, your success, your fulfillment, the maturation of your vision 
is not contingent on the vision, is not contingent on your ladder climbing skills. It is contingent on the ladder holders in your life. Let me give you some biblical examples for that. So we know the story of Jesus in Luke chapter 2. He goes to the temple with his parents and at the age of 12, he gets lost there. His parents find him talking to the scholars of that time. He goes back to Nazareth and starts living with them. And then from there till age 30, uh, there's, a, there's a gap. So there's a 18 year gap that we don't know anything about in the Bible about Jesus from the age of 12 to the 30. Well, that was Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 3, Jesus comes out and starts uh, and gets baptized. Uh, Luke chapter 4, he uh, goes out and uh, uh, starts selecting his disciples because in Luke chapter 4, he is tempted. Uh, no, I got ahead of myself. In Luke chapter 3, he gets baptized. In Luke chapter 4, he gets tempted and he heals Peter's mother-in-law. In Luke chapter 5, uh, Jesus calls Peter, James, and John, his inner circle, and Matthew, the chronologist who wrote uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, and all the 28 chapters, but the main chapter is an accountant, and that was Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 6, uh, Jesus uh, chooses his 12 disciples from the 70 that are gathered, or the other disciples that are gathered over there, in Luke chapter uh, uh, 6, verses 12 and 13. Now, have, did you notice that he had a vision? Did you notice he did not start climbing the ladder? Did you notice that he did not start putting it out there? He didn't start his crusades. He didn't start his preaching ministry. He did not start going out and doing what Jesus came to do. And ultimately dying on the cross for your sins and my sins. and being resurrected on the third day. And he didn't start all that. Where did he start? He started by gathering his ladder holders. That's what I'm talking to you about. Ladder holders, how to select, develop, and inspire your team. So we see what did Jesus do? Right from the beginning, he went and started selecting his ladder holders. And then you, and then you will notice that he has... Uh, rankings for them. The, the closest to him is uh, Peter, James, and John, and then the rest of the nine disciples, and the rest of the disciples, 70 to 100 people in that group there. So there were rankings of ladder holders. All ladder holders are not created equal. So let's talk about that for a moment. There's something within all of us that kind of has this pressure to treat everyone equally. I have never met anybody who treats everyone equally but I have met amazing leaders who have who treat people fairly because we don't have it in us because people different people pull different aspects of our life from us they, they bring different things to the table so if you are into treating people equally you will not understand that in, in real life, that is not how it works. So you go to your general practitioner who uh, takes care of your day-to-day -day stuff. But when you need to have surgery, he refers you to a surgeon. 
Now you treat both of them fairly, but they are not equal because they bring different things to the table. So what did Jesus do? He selected his ladder holders. He categorized his ladder holders. He understood who has what gifts in the life. And therefore, he was equal to, he was able to use them selectively with all the gifts and graces that were on their life. So, if you are a leader, the most important task of your life is selecting, developing, and inspiring your team. Because as you move along, you will see yourself as a leader moving from projects to people, from projects to people. When you move people from projects to people, you have made a major move. The major move is projects don't talk back to you. People do. But every one of you who is a leader knew back then that you were moving from doing things to leading people. That's a different management and leadership. You manage things and you lead people. So there are two words I'd like for you to write down. Functional, organizational. Functional, organizational. Every leader starts as a functional leader. You start doing stuff. And you keep doing it, then you are trusted with more and you become an organizational leader. What's the difference? Things, people. Projects, people. I remember, I remember uh, in my life journey, and as I give you my illustration, yours will come to your mind. I started off as a janitor, breakfast cook, dishwasher, measured men's pants at Goodwill store. That is, that is how I started, working with things. So all of our life comes along the same trajectory. You keep doing things well, Keep doing things well. Keep doing things well. Somebody notice that. And next thing they say is, Hey, I know you're doing your, your janitor. Can you, can you become the head janitor? You're the cook. Can you be the cook in charge? Now what you've done is you move from functional to organizational. The challenge is not everyone can make that move. Because working with things is easier. When I was a janitor, my vacuum cleaner did not talk back to me. My, my lawnmower did not talk back to me. People do. They're always there. They're always on time. So the challenge is we have a lot of people who are really good at the functional level. And then as a leader, we start thinking, hey, if I could just move them to be an organizational leader, they'd be really good. Now, here is the conundrum. Please hear me carefully. Once you move a person from being a functional leader to being an organizational leader, they can never go back. Once you move somebody from the floor of the factory, to be the supervisor. You can't put them back on the floor if they're not working out. Once you have taken that singer and make them your praise and worship leader, 
and they're not working out there because here they've got to do administration, here they've got to do scheduling, here they've got to do rehearsals, here they've got to coordinate with the audio, visual, light, heat, sound people, here they've got to uh, show up ahead, they've got to select stuff, they are responsible to the lead pastor. Just because somebody can sing well does not mean they can lead the praise and worship department, the arts department. Functional, organizational, project, people. But all of our trajectory is the same way. Every one of you who is watching me or listening to me right now came down that same pathway. So, if the ladder is your vision, you are the visionary your ascent of the ladder is dependent on who's holding your ladder. So, I want to ask you a few questions. First question. Are you climbing by yourself? Do you have ladder holders? What kind of ladder holders do you have? Number one, are you climbing by yourself? If you're climbing yourself, don't be down on yourself. If you're climbing by yourself, don't beat yourself up. Don't shame yourself. Sometimes the circumstances of life don't allow us to have the right ladder holders because you've got to get the right ladder holders. Uh, this is what I've found in life. It is better to have a vacancy than bad help. I know some of you want to tweet that, so let me say that again. It's better to have a vacancy than have bad help. So sometimes circumstances of life the ladder holder pool is not deep enough for you to be able to get somebody to come along. So don't be bad, feel bad about that. Uh, uh, you know, when I started pastoring that church, the first uh, uh, service we had, we had 13 people that included me and my wife. So, uh, you know, when you don't have it, you just don't have it and make the best do. But then what you start doing is you start looking as to who can I bring on and what can they do for me and how do I recruit them, how do I develop them and how do I inspire them. So here's the deal. If you don't have any ladder holders, don't feel bad about it. But start looking for ladder holders. Who can help me? Don't disqualify anybody. Make, this is how you recruit. You make a list of everybody. Don't preempt anybody for their age, for their gender, for their education, for their experience, for their longevity. Uh, uh, don't, don't, don't exclude anybody. Make an entire list. I learned that lesson from Luke chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. So what did Jesus do? He did the same thing. He called all his disciples, all his disciples. He made a full list, all disciples. And from them, the Bible says, and from them, in that same meeting, from them, he selected 12, the Bible says, whom he called apostles. So, if you don't have any ladder holders, make a list. I'm talking about a written list. Don't be scanning your head and saying, wonder who can do that. Make a list. Let's just say you got eight people on that list. Eight people on that list. Don't start with who qualifies the most. I would make a list of the eight people and then I'll write a couple sentences next to each one of them. You know why I'm doing that? 
because I want to make sure that to the best of my ability in that time constraint that I have that I can actually know empirically the data on which I'm going to make that decision. Not simply because you like them, not simply because you love them, but because they can accomplish the ladder holding that they need to do. Write a few sentences, a couple sentences, three sentences behind each one of them. After you've done that, start eliminating. Now you're down to five. You eliminated three. Well, then you start ranking the other five. You rank them. And then you got to ask yourself, why did you rank them number three and not number one? Why did you rank them number five and not number three? Rank them. After you've ranked them, rethink your ranking. And now you're up to uh, the top three. The top three. And that is when you go recruiting. Recruiting your leaders.